Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello there, fight fans. I'm Mo Chatra, and welcome to a long overdue edition of MMA Monthly. Yes, we're back at last, and um, I'm not alone. Oh no, I'm with uh, a man that needs very little introduction, if none whatsoever, for uh, regular listeners of the Anfield Index. It's the one and only Dave Hendrick. How are you doing, Dave? I'm good, Mo. I'm good. Nice to be back. Um, this is what happens when I don't podcast for months. Everything falls to shit. So <laughs> no podcasts get done, but I'm back. Never let it be said. So, uh, uh, yeah. Brilliant. Good to have you back. Good to have you back. Um, well, as usual, plenty going on um, in the world of mixed martial arts. And um, probably the biggest thing, not only this year, but of uh, the past number of years, is the long-awaited contest between conor mcgregor and floyd mayweather that's right the fight that had been talked about for a good couple of years the fight that many thought would never happen came together back in may when it was officially announced and um it's something that will almost certainly shatter every record in the book where pay-per-view is concerned and is the most talked about fight um that we've Seen probably since the uh, McGre- uh, sorry the Mayweather against Pacquiao fight um, some two or three years back, and um, you know this is something that has got everyone talking. Not even people that are just into mixed martial arts and boxing, but even people that have got no interest in those sports, even they are talking about it. In fact, even yesterday, Dave um, Anfield Index's Dan Kennett um, calling me wanting to talk about this fight. So uh, that shows you the level of interest there is in this, but. Uh, it's going to be huge and um, it's going to be big and that's why we're going to talk about it on this show. Um, so, Dave, initial thoughts about when it was first announced then. What, what did you think? Um, I was surprised it got done because this all started as, you know, Conor McGregor using Floyd Mayweather's name for publicity. That's how this all started. Conor started talking about how nobody in the UFC could challenge him how he was going to go and fight Floyd and Floyd was the only money fight out there for him. And then it all died off and then he started it again. And then the fight came together kind of 
quickly enough, after all the speculation, when they finally got down to talk about it, the fight came together pretty quickly. But what surprised, what, my first reaction was I was very surprised at how soon the fight was. Like you said, it was announced in May. They're fighting in August. Now, Floyd Mayweather himself has said it takes six months to sell a fight. So whether they felt this fight didn't fully need to be sold, that it would sell itself, or whether Floyd is just desperately in need of some cash, or whether the people, you know, the money man behind it felt like we better get this done and out of the way quickly because otherwise the longer we wait, the more chance there is it falls apart. Um, but I, I'm, I'm excited for it. This is the biggest fight in boxing. Look, Triple G against Canelo is the best fight coming this year. Um, everybody should, should watch that fight as well. But this is the biggest fight for every single possible reason. This is the biggest fight. Floyd Mayweather scratched his arse is bigger than anything else in boxing. Floyd Mayweather going for 50 and 0, regardless of who it's against, is bigger than anything else in boxing. Um, because that's just how boxing is. It's about stars. And while Canelo's a star, he's not close to the level of Mayweather. Triple G's not even on the same scale as Mayweather. He's on the kiddie scale. Mayweather works on the man scale. Mayweather's the biggest draw, uh, has been since he took that mantle from De La Hoya. De La Hoya took it from Tyson. And, you know, I... I've, I see people complaining about this fight and how it's a circus and how it's bad for boxing. Well, that may be so, but at the end of the day, you're all going to watch. Everybody's going to watch this fight. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, now, I mean, as if the fight needed any hype, um, the fight is nonetheless still embarked on a tour um, of several cities around the world um, to promote the fight. And... Um, you know, they involved four huge press conferences that took place in uh, Los Angeles, Toronto, New York and London um, just a few weeks ago. And um, these were box office on their own, weren't they? Um, all kinds of unbelievable promos, uh, mostly by Connor, um, that were cut on the each other. And um, they were five star entertainment and mm. only added to what was an already uh, very anticipated fight. What were your thoughts on those conferences? These got more, these, the press conferences got more press coverage than what Canelo Triple G or any other fight this year will get. That tells you how big this fight is. Connor wiped the floor with him in the press conferences because Connor's just a much better talker than Floyd. Um, it, you you kind of had to feel a bit embarrassed for Floyd because he was trying to use his little catchphrases, you know, hard work, dedication, and to get the crowd to respond. And nobody was responding. It was just tumbleweed. Um, then he ended up prancing up and down the stage, shouting "Yeah," which was just embarrassing. Kind of felt embarrassed from your forty-year-old man. Go and sit down. Mortified. Uh, McGregor McGregor owned him in the press conferences. The New York one got a little bit out of hand. I, I think McGregor just kind of lost the run of himself. But I mean, yeah. LA wiped the floor with him. Toronto was a massacre. If that had been a fight, it would have been stopped. Um, yeah. And the same in London. The same in London. So, you know, Floyd's bringing over his steroid-riddled fools and throwing money in McGregor's face in New York. People kind of took that to mean Floyd won the press conference. It was just it was absolutely embarrassing. 
like these these steroid freaks that he calls over they're men in their 40s and he's calling them like what four and nitron nitron or something like what the fuck are they, they, they power rangers I, I don't understand i don't i don't understand a lot of things about mayweather's life and who he keeps around himself but he's paying those two big idiots a salary and that's why he's broke and floyd can talk all the shit he wants floyd mayweather's broke that's why he owes the tax man so much money and like for him to take out that check and say oh i've never cashed this check from the pacquiao fight that's bullshit if you ask they will let you keep the check after you cash it notice he didn't show the back of the check where it will have been stamped and notarized Floyd was yeah. allowed to keep that check. So for him to say, oh, I, I never needed to touch this, that's bullshit. That bullshit. Because that, that check got cashed the day after that fight. Guaranteed that check got cashed. And um, besides, the fact is, that check is probably just written. He probably got that money in a wire transfer, if we're being honest here. So yeah, yeah. That, that check probably is made out to the fucking, from the bank of, you know, Disneyland or something. Yeah. So, he gets paid by check these days anyway. So. Exactly. So Floyd needs to settle down, shut up, and just do what Floyd does, which is box. And he is, he's an all-time great at it. He, he's, you know, he's as good a defensive fighter as we've ever seen. Um, he's a great counter-puncher. If, if he didn't have such brittle hands, I think he'd have a lot more KOs or TKOs, but he does, and I think that's going to be part of the reason there's no way he stops Connor in this fight for me. Yes, I mean, onto onto the fight itself then, which is um, taking place on the 26th of August. Um, wh- what are your um, expectations in terms of Connor's chances? I mean, there have been people that have talked about it as just a freak show, that Connor's got no chance. He's never had a boxing match. Um, he's up against the best defensive boxer in the history of boxing. Um, people are saying it's just purely for the money. Um, but do you see it that way? Do you think Connor has got something to bring that could give him a chance of um, an unlikely victory? Well, Mo, let me ask you a question. Describe Connor McGregor's boxing style. Um, well, the one word that comes to mind immediately is unorthodox. Um, well, in reality, you don't know because you've never seen him box, correct? That's right, yeah. I'm talking purely from the um, from basis from- of how he fights in MMA. MMA. Exactly. So that's all we have to go on, is what he does in MMA. The movement, the distance. But you have to remember, in MMA, he uses a lot of kicks to keep his distance and then to close his distance. So we don't know how he's going to fight in boxing because there's no evidence. Floyd doesn't know how he's going to fight in boxing because there's no evidence. And if you look at the tape they released of him beating up Pauli Malinaji, um... None of it really tells us anything other than the fact that he hits pretty hard. So, because obviously it's just a propaganda piece, like that's all that is. He doesn't want Floyd knowing. Floyd is a master at figuring out his, his opponents. He does it before he gets in the ring. Floyd knows before he gets in the ring how you're going to fight him because he studies tape. And I'm sorry, I've never bought this nonsense that Floyd doesn't study tape. Of course he does. His uncle has said a number of times that in the two weeks leading up to the flight, up to the fight, Floyd studies tape religiously, three, four hours a day. He knows every move, every punch you've got before you get in the ring. And then all he needs to do is figure out your timing. And that's it. Once he figures out your timing, you're done. And he normally does it within two rounds. 
That's why you'll often see Floyd lose the first round and then have a clean sweep 11 or 2 through 12. With Connor, he's going to have to figure out the style and the distance on the fly. And then he's going to have to figure out the timing. That may take anywhere from three, five, even six rounds. I think Floyd is going to win a comfortable decision because I think this will basically become a glorified sparring match. Kind of like when when Floyd fought Mosley. It was a, a kind of a fight for about two rounds and Mosley wobbled him a little bit. And then it just became a sparring match. It wasn't really a boxing match. So I kind of feel like that's what this is going to be because look, if this ends fifty, uh, sorry, if this ends with Mayweather winning a decision, say he wins the decision, I don't know, like one sixteen, one twelve, okay, across all three judges' scorecards. Well, Conor McGregor has therefore won some rounds against Floyd Mayweather. Conor McGregor's a boxing novice. Floyd's one of the greatest of all time. Conor can say, "I'm not a boxer." And I went 12 rounds with one of the greatest boxers of all time. So there's a, that's a win for Connor. Massive win for Connor. Floyd can say, I'm 50 and 0. This guy, there was no tape on him. He's much bigger than me. He fights totally different style than anything I've ever seen before. That's a huge win for Floyd. And Floyd rides off into the sunset with a check somewhere in the region of 110 million that he'll flash around in 20 years even though he'll be getting his wire transfer on Saturday night. Connor's going to walk away with anywhere from 60 to 100 million, depending on the pay-per-view buys. So that's a win for everybody. The yeah. only way I see that not being the case is if Connor just decides, I'm going to have a go at him for two or three rounds, and I'm going to try and land. And if he, if Connor lands flush... Floyd is going to sit on his ass. Now, I don't know if he'll go to sleep, but he's going to sit on his ass. If Connor knocked him down and then lost the decision, that's another massive win for Connor. Connor doesn't need to win this fight to win this circumstance. That's what people don't understand. If Connor lasts 12, even if he gets his ass handed to him for 12 rounds, Connor's not a boxer. Floyd would not step foot in an MMA cage. Floyd would last, I would say, somewhere in the region of 35 to 45 seconds in a UFC fight because Connor would kick him twice in the leg, once in the head, put him on his ass and choke him out, and that would be the end of that. That was after he runs around the uh, octagon for 20 seconds. Well, that's exactly it. That's what would happen is Connor would come out and start doing that crazy monkey movement shit he does. Floyd would, you know, stand there looking a bit pensive, looking at, for, for a corner to kind of back himself into there's no corners in the cage. So eventually Connor just decide, you know what, let's just finish this idiot. It, you know, it could last 15 seconds, but Floyd been Floyd, I'll give him a little bit more credit. But, you know, regardless of what happens here, I'm really happy for McGregor that he's taken this opportunity. He's going to be financially rewarded for it. This takes big, big balls. You know, we've seen... We've heard we've heard talk of boxing versus MMA for for how long, Mo? Since Chuck Liddell was the light heavyweight champion, and there was talk of Chuck fighting, I think it was Glenn Cough Johnson at the time. 
and Chuck yeah. didn't want any, didn't want anything to do with that because he would have got absolutely destroyed. We've heard even, talk of yeah, Anderson sure, I mean, Silva against um, Roy Jones. Yeah, I mean, even when you had um, the likes of Ken Shamrock and Royce around, um, even back then, um, even though obviously there was no serious talk about likes of Royce, um, sorry, Royce and uh, Ken getting into a boxing ring, um, mm. you know, your punters were still making those comparisons. So, well, will these guys be able to hang with the boxers? Of course. Um, and these, these, um, these co-opted events across sports, like, you know, what gets me is you hear of, you hear people saying, oh, this is, you know, this is like if a soccer player went and played cricket or if if Roger Federer decided to give up tennis and drive Formula One cars. And no, it's not like. It's like if Michael Phelps decided to compete in the Olympic backstroke comp- contest. You know, if he, if he went from butterfly to backstroke, because there's enough comparisons between the sports and enough of the same discipline that they're, they're, they are from the same ideological three, you know? They're, this is not like he's completely changing. It's, it's not like if Messi decided to go and play in the NBA. It's just, it's not like that. It's yeah. like if, if, I don't know. It's like if David Beckham decided to go and kick penalties in rugby or field goals in American football. That's what it's like. It's taking one skill set from a sport and translating that exact skill set to a different sport, but the sport that's built around it. So it's not as big a thing. But what I really like, like the first time this really happened where there was like a crossover was when Ali fought Inoki. Mm. And like, that was a freak show, but that fight is still talked about and lauded to this day because Inoki tried to pull a fast one and Ali was smart enough to realize it and didn't get his ass handed to him. But like, there's the fight that like anything Ali does, anything, Ending he did during his career, his life, is of more interest to people than anything any heavyweight, bar Mike Tyson, has done since. Boxing is largely boring. Mm. It's largely too many champions. There's too much nonsense that goes around. Most of these guys are really bland. So when there's a character, a superstar, these are the guys everybody just sort of goes towards. Every fighter is trying to get their name attached to this fight as well. Even Lomachenko comes out. And Lomachenko, for me, is the most talented fighter in the world right now. Any any sport, MMA, boxing, kickboxing, I'll take Lomachenko. You can have whoever you want. Um, this guy's a machine, but he's he's coming out and saying, you know, Connor, do you need a sparring partner? Because oh. everybody wants to have their name attached the same, yeah. that's how Malinaji ended up with his head getting rattled off the canvas. Because he wanted the the exposure. Malinaji probably wanted a fight with Connor after Floyd. Malinaji's not getting a fight with Connor. He's not a big enough name. Unless he wants to go and fight in the UFC and get his ass handed to him. He's not getting a fight. Oh. Yeah, not quite. Um, and uh, 
No, it, it's something that, as you say, has got everyone buzzing, including those that are within uh, the boxing world itself. And, um, you know, it promises to be an intriguing fight, and that's why so many are interested. <laughs> they really don't know what to make of Connor. Ordinarily, anybody, anybody step into a boxing ring with Floyd Mayweather with no boxing experience whatsoever would um, think it's a complete farce and a complete joke. But, um, you know, Connor is certainly um, one of the best two pound-for-pound MMA fighters in the sport of mixed martial arts mm. um, alongside John Jones. And, well, um, yeah, come on. Nobody else would get would even get cleared to fight Floyd if they had that record. Oh, you absolutely, know? yeah. That yeah, just goes to tell you that. And, and let me say this. There's talk that they're going in front of the, the Athletic Commission to get the glove size moved from 10 ounce to 8 ounce. Floyd Mayweather better hope that they say no. He better hope they say no. Because if it's going to be a real fight and it's 8 ounce gloves, that favours McGregor massively. Oh, yeah, yeah. The heavier the gloves, um, obviously, uh, that takes away from Connor's punching power. And it protects, <laughs> Floyd's, it, it protects Floyd's brittle hands. Yes, that's the sm- right. The smaller the glove, the mm. more it, it it favors McGregor. Like yeah. I said, though, I do think it becomes a sparring contest. They might have a couple of rounds where they have a real crack at each other, um, but I think it will just devolve into a sparring contest. Mm. Yeah, that would be the expectation. But at the same time, you know, Floyd is coming up to two years since his last fight, which wasn't the most exciting of contests. It was um, against Berto, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was and in the decision. And you know what's interesting with Floyd? Like, he is the biggest draw in boxing, there's no question. But he's only really the biggest draw depending on his opponent. Because, oh, yeah. like, nobody cared about the Berto fight. That was that was to be his last fight. He was meant to retire. And, like, it did, like, 300,000 or 340,000 pay-per-views. Um, like, his big ones, obviously, Pacquiao, Hatton... Uh, Oscar, um, Canelo. Yeah, but like aside from that, I don't think he's really done anything over a million, over a million two. So like he's well, obviously a big draw, but I, yeah. I don't know that he's as big a draw. Like he's not as big a draw to boxing as say Connor is for MMA. Like Connor's by far the biggest draw in MMA, and he's the only one really capable of doing the numbers that he does now that Ronda's gone. Yeah, Colin but, last year did three fights, all did 1.3 million or above. Yeah, um, I think he's got four of the top two. five pay-per-view records of all time. For MMA. You know, for MMA, of course, of course yeah. But like, yeah. If, Tyson, if Tyson fought now, if Tyson came on the scene now, 21 knocks out the world champion, becomes world champion, and just starts absolutely murking people. Tyson is doing 5 million pay-per-views every single time right now. You know? Oh, easily. 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 Not even a contest. Tyson would be absolutely rolling in cash. He was rolling in cash in the 80s. Imagine what Tyson would make now. That's what the heavyweight division needs. It needs someone, and that's what boxing in general needs, because boxing goes as the heavyweight division goes. Boxing has been boring for 15 years. The Klitschko has dominated the heavyweight division for about 15 years. 
They were really, really efficient, but they were really, really boring. It needs this new generation, Wilder, Parker, and of course, AJ, to really step up. They all they need to fight each other. They need to have wars. And once the heavyweight division starts gaining traction and bringing back an audience, it's the drip-down effect. So it'll roll down. Nobody cares about cruiserweight. So it'll roll to light heavyweight. People will see Andre Ward. They'll understand how great he is. Then it'll roll to super middleweight. Then it'll roll to middleweight and so on and so forth. It needs to start at that heavyweight division. And as great as this fight is for the, the fans, this Mayweather-McGregor fight, and as big as it is for boxing, it's not going to have that effect because people are watching it for one of three reasons. They're either Mayweather, they either hate Mayweather and want to see him get knocked out. They love McGregor and they follow his UFC fights and they're UFC fans and they're coming across for this one. Or it's just a freak show and they're just kind of curious. Now, if you spend a hundred bucks on a freak show that you're curious about, there's something wrong with you. But. <laughs> You know, it, it, this isn't going to have that trickle down effect for the rest. I, I don't think any, anyway. maybe, maybe it will in the short term, maybe for six months, there'll be some shine off it. But I think, I think heavyweight, those three guys that I mentioned, Parker, Wilder and AJ, those three guys, we, they need to find out, figure out a way to, you know, have them fight a couple of times each. And, um, I think that can really bring more interest to boxing long term and overall than anything else that we're seeing going on. I totally agree, absolutely. Um, as you say, Mayweather is still the biggest draw in boxing at the age of forty, and uh, clearly, even if he does have any fight beyond this contest, um, you know, there may be only one or two more left within him. Um, but I mean, speaking of Mayweather's future, uh, one of the other points that has been discussed is whether. Um, this is just a one-off contest or whether there might be the possibility of um, number two and specifically about whether that number two might involve a cage with Mayweather against McGregor in an MMA contest. Let me just say there's no chance that happens. There is no chance that Floyd Mayweather fights to not get hurt. Floyd understands that boxing is not a fight. It's boxing. It's about hitting your opponent and not getting hit back. He does not take risks. There is no way he is going to get in an MMA cage because Conor McGregor will legitimately kill him. Like he McGregor could legitimately kill him in an MMA mm. contest because Floyd doesn't know how to defend leg kicks. He doesn't know how to defend head kicks. He doesn't understand the distance and, and timing in MMA. If it goes to the ground, Connor could break any one of his limbs. And Connor's not some kind of, you know, wizard on the ground. Connor's very basic in his in his jiu-jitsu and his wrestling. But even he will have enough to break any one of Mayweather's limbs or to take his neck, crank the shit out of it, and leave him in a lot of trouble. There's no way Floyd gets in a cage to fight. Floyd's great at talking the talk, but he's not going to back that up. The only way these two fight a second time is if the judges score it close and Floyd takes shit and decides he needs to do it again and prove that he's a much better boxer than McGregor. That's the only way they fight again, but it will be boxing. It will not, under any circumstances, be MMA. Because here's the other reason. MMA is not big enough 
to pay Floyd Mayweather the type of money he wants. That man wants $100 million per fight. UFC, they just can't afford it. Nobody's going to pay him $100 million to fight in the UFC. Not when the rest of the fighters are making twenty grand to show, twenty grand, grand to win, a hundred grand to show, a hundred grand. If Floyd came in and fought in MMA and made a hundred million dollars, do you know what would happen? There'd be fucking mutiny. Mutiny. Nobody would fight for the UFC for less than five million a fight after that. That's what would happen. Mm. Well, yeah, um, but to me, nonetheless, Connor, as you mentioned earlier, is somebody. Sorry, Mayweather rather is somebody who burns through money, he makes a huge amount, spends it very quickly. Who's to say that a year down the line after he's got through his McGregor money that um, he needs another payday? And if that's the case, um, no, certainly McGregor's in a stronger position. So, well, look, guy, I'm still making good money in MMA. If you want another fight with me, step into my world. But you never know. I mean, <laughs> at that unlikely. point, he'd, he'd fight. Like, if, it's, if it's two years down the line... It, he'll fight someone like Lomachenko or Crawford or somebody, one of these young bucks in boxing. Because at that point, Floyd's 42. If he's gone 50-0 and 0 and he's just coming back for money, if he comes back for money, then the record doesn't matter. He can take a risk in that respect and, and lose a decision and just say, well, look, I got beat by a much younger man. It happened to everybody. You know, Larry Holmes lost to younger men at the end of his career. Um, the same with Sugar Ray Robinson, the same with Muhammad Ali, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, Roy Jones Jr. So, no, there's, there's no, there is no way in hell Floyd Mayweather ever sets foot in a UFC cage with the intention of fighting. Not a chance. No way. For, for a million reasons, no chance. Yep. Yep. Well, that's a fight that's coming up on the 26th of August. It's um, certainly the most eagerly anticipated fight um, of 2017. It's um, going to be a great one, uh, one way or another. So uh, we're all looking forward to it. Um, now, speaking of um, great fights, we had one just a couple of weeks back when um, the um, other fighter I mentioned is one of the top two pound-for-pound fighters in all of mixed martial arts. John Jones made his long-awaited return to the UFC um, in a contest for his old light heavyweight championship which was held by Daniel Cormier. And um, these two headlined UFC 214 um, in the Honda Center in Anaheim, California on the 29th of July. Um, and this was actually one of UFC's uh, most stacked cards of the year. And this is in a year when UFC has had real, real problems with putting together really strong um, cards mm. top and bo- top to bottom. So, um, you know, they had um, Volkan Uzdemir, who's so exciting and really quite the fighter, destroying Jimmy Manu in less than a minute. Um, you had Robbie Lawler and uh, Cowboy Cerrone going at it um, with a very um, contentious uh, decision victory for Robbie Lawler. You had um, Cyborg um, defeating Tony Revinger for the vacant Women's Featherweight Championship. Um, and you also had um, one of the most boring MMA fights you'll ever see, um, Tyrone Woodley defending and retaining his welterweight championship against uh, Damian Meyer. Um, so, so that was the undercard. Any quick thoughts on the undercard, Dave? Um, a couple quickly. Uh, first of all, uh, Uzdemir is an absolute animal. That guy is a monster. And Jimmy Manoa was been talked about as a 
as a title contender, as a guy who, with another win or two, could be a title contender. And he got absolutely smoked. Um, Lawler Cerrone was great. It could have gone either way. A draw would have been fair, whatever. That's a fight we all, I think, want and need to see again. Uh, Tanya Evinger is tough as nails, but Cyborg is just a terrifying human being. Like, she is terrifying. Um, the Maya Woodley thing was just, it, it was boring as hell, but it was, in a way it was kind of fascinating because you kind you felt like Woodley could finish him at any time just because of his power and his explosiveness. But you also, you knew that if he overcommitted to that finish and made even the slightest little mistake, Maya could tap him out. Oh, yeah. So Maya was trying to get the takedown, 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 takedown. Woodley just wasn't engaging with the takedown. It's not like he was running from the fight, though. And I, I, dis- I dislike those people that booed. I don't care if you pay your money to go and sit there. Just sit there and shut up if you don't enjoy the fight. You don't have the balls to get in and fight. So these guys are in there. And it's again, it's it's mixed martial arts. It's not a street fight. It's not two bums rolling around after they've fallen out of a of a bar somewhere. These are guys who are trained professionals. And both of them could do serious damage to the other one. So the idea is to win the fight. It's not to fucking decapitate the other person. It's not to entertain you. The idea is for them to win the fight. So, yes, it wasn't exciting by any stretch. But I just, I hate people that boo MMA fights. I hate people that boo boxing fights and kickboxing fights. Just morons, like. These guys are in there risking things that you don't even understand. Um, so it was, it was, it was fascinating to see Woodley cope with what Maya was trying to do because Maya is very one track. Um, I thought, I will be honest though, I thought the scoring could have been a little bit closer because Maya was the one, was the aggressor, the one really pushing the pace. And Woodley, bar a couple of knockdowns, didn't really do anything. So I thought I thought Woodley won the fight, obviously, but I thought it was a bit closer than the judges scored it. Um, sure. But not a fight anyone wants to see, and a fight that has probably cost Tyron Woodley a lot of money because he was going to get the GSP fight, and now he's not. Well, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, just going back to your point about entertaining the fans, um, I mean, you do make a valid point, but at the same time, one of the things we do know is that Dana White does take um, the whole point you know, about yeah. MMA being entertaining quite seriously to the point that if fans do actually boo um, fights, that he makes a point of companioning that. And it perhaps doesn't help the fighters that, you know, he, he'll almost um, condone condone the boos and say, yeah, for it all, was a group. For everything Dana says, Dana wants the UFC to be more like WWE. He wants it to be more entertaining. Um, he doesn't really, like... Dana's whole thing is money. And that's that's exactly what his job is. Dana's job is to grow the UFC, to make as much money for the new owners as he did for the the Fertitas. And the way to do that is entertainment. Because he Dana's a very smart guy. He understands crossover appeal. That's why he put together this Mayweather-McGregor fight. He understands. That's why he brought in Lesnar. Do you know? 
Dana understands that there's crossover appeal and that you need to tap into those different fan bases to, to grow your own sport. Because when he got into MMA, it was... Uh, you couldn't even describe how small it was at the time. Like, think of how... Like, Bellator is maybe one-tenth the size of the UFC right now, and Bellator is ten times the size of what the UFC was back then. So yeah. that's that's how far he's grown things. Um, so I do agree with him. Like, there does have to be an entertainment factor. And, but at the end of the day, when you're in fight, like, y- you can sell fights and entertain people in different ways. McGregor entertains people in about six different ways. Chael Sonnen was involved in some of the most boring fights you'll ever see. But people were entertained and bought his fights because of what he did beforehand and what he did after afterwards. Um, you know, so I think there's there's ways and means around it. Entertain them before and entertain them after. Cool. Okay. Um, then on to the main event itself then. Um, so there was a lot of speculation about this one, about which way it could go. There were those that felt Jones wouldn't be coming back as the same fighter he was. There were those that felt that um, Jones would come back just as good as he was and would be too good for Cormier. Um, you know, the first two rounds, though, it did seem like Cormier, unlike the previous fight between the two, um, certainly seemed a lot more confident and um, better placed, certainly seemed to have the upper hand. But um, coming into round three, it was what a kick, I think it was, that John Jones landed, which um, staggered Cormier, and that led to the end. Um, Jones then, um, you know, really latched onto that, came onto Cormier very strongly, um, finished it. And, um, you know, Big John McCarthy, I thought, gave um, Cormier every chance to um, get out of that predicament, but he just didn't and um, had no option but to wave the fight off. Um, so a stunning. Uh, KO victory for John Jones once again becoming the UFC like heavyweight champion. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought Cormier looked good in the first two rounds. I, I think it was probably one round each, but I thought Cormier looked the better of the two fighters. He certainly had looked the more comfortable. Um, Jones looked a little bit like he maybe had a bit too much nervous energy, which is understandable um, given the long layoffs and that. But uh, once he like he planted that head kick. And my God, that finish was just like he, if he'd been arrested for that, he wouldn't have been able to complain. It was that vicious and violent. Um, John McCarthy probably let Cormier take a couple of shots too many, but I can understand why it's you know the the biggest fight of his life. You've got to give him every chance to uh, you've got to give him every chance to get back into it, but. My God, once Jones smelt that blood, it was just, it was just, it was, it was terrifying to see. Oh, yeah. Because Daniel Cormier is a big, bad dude. Like, he is, he's a big guy, and he is a fucking bad motherfucker. But, my God, John Jones just absolutely murked him. Like, to be able to just kick a man in the head, I just... Basically, what happened from the kick in the head was just bullying because Cormier looked like he wanted to run away to clear his head. And oh. Jones just stalked him. And the minute Cormier fell down, it was just pure violence. Like, it was incredible. Relentless. Yeah, yeah, absolutely relentless. Like, 
And um, I'm not a John Jones fan. I think he's an amazing fighter. I think he's incredibly skilled. I also think he's a heavyweight who shouldn't be fighting at light heavyweight, but that's my just my opinion. Um, but I, I just don't like him as a person. I just think he's very fake. He doesn't come across well. Um, even when he was talking about this fight afterwards, he was talking about how he handled Cormier crying with great class and dignity. I'm like, just shut up! Like, you just you're he's far too arrogant. And I, I just I just don't like him as a person. I think and I don't like the fact that he got caught cheating. Um, and I don't like the, the things he's done in his personal life that have been publicized. I just don't think he's a very good person. So um, yeah. not not a fan of John Jones. Hoping to see him a heavyweight. Um, I think Kane might just beat the piss out of him. I think I think he might beat Miocic though. Um, yeah. I think if, if Kane comes back, he'll Kane might kill him. Yeah, I mean, well, speaking of um, John Jones in the heavyweight division, um, straight after the fight, um, during his post-fight promo, he did call out one Brock Lesnar. And as you know, um, there's been a huge amount of speculation that um, Brock is going to return to the UFC yet again for a, th- for a second time um, to you know, make it a third stint in the UFC. And, um, you know, if that happens, <laughs> that'll be quite the fight. Quite a freak show in a way, because you've got... It would. Uh, the monster but, against the guy who's a light heavyweight champion. Yeah, and um, I, I don't even know. I don't even know how that fight goes. Like in terms of being an MMA fighter, John Jones is several hundred levels above Brock Lesnar. But Lesnar's just massive. He's just huge, and if Lesnar bull rushes him. And can get him to the ground. Lesnar could hold him on the ground. Because Jones' biggest advantage is that he's just much bigger than everybody at light heavyweight. And the one time he wasn't much bigger than his opponent, in my view, he lost the fight to Gustafsson. Everyone else, he's like, he's got like three, four inches on them. He's got a massive reach advantage. He's definitely heavier than them. So... I don't know, like Lesnar, like Lesnar can't fight. Let's be honest, Lesnar is fucking useless. He beat Mark Hunt by lying on top of him and holding him down because he was on steroids. If they fought again without him on the juice, I reckon Mark Hunt puts him to sleep. And like Mark Hunt's not in John Jones's class, but it's just the the sheer size and strength difference. Lesnar is fucking. I don't know if you've ever met Lesnar or, or stood next to Lesnar. I, I, um, yeah, I walked I was actually... by him in an airport once. Right. And honest to God, it was like nighttime. I was walking along. It was bright as anything. He walks the other way. And I'm like, that's Brock Lesnar. And all of a sudden, it got really dark because he just blocks the sun. Like, this is a huge human being. He's like 6'4". He's like 280. He's yeah. about four foot wide. Like... The normal human beings don't come in the same shape as Brock Lesnar. They don't have those type of measurements. This guy's one off. Like I was front row at a WWE show um, 15 years ago in 2002, or it might be in 2003 um, in, in in London, and um, he was only new to the WWE at this point. Um, but um, the size of him was just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, even at that point, he was about a good 275, 280. And, um, you know, the, these days at his heaviest, um, he's gone up to 300 pounds. 
Um, and normally when he competes in the UFC, obviously he has to weigh in at 265. But come the fight, he's normally in and around the 280 mark. Mm. Um, whereas with, um, you know, John Jones, he's normally walking around at around 230, 235 outside of um, competitive fighting. Um, so I'd suspect that if he had a fight against um, Brock Lesnar, he'd look to be in and around that weight. But he'd still be giving up a good 50 pounds coming. Yeah, that's um, it. Start. And you have to remember that, like, John Jones has to maintain quite a strict diet, even when he's not getting ready for a fight, because he can't afford to blow up. Like, he can't afford to hit 250, 260, which is probably where his body would settle if he made a full-time move to the heavyweight division. Yeah. Now, he's got skinny legs, but he's he is, like, he's broad. He's got a big upper body, like. And I think he would settle at about 250 if he did move up. Uh, but he maintains a very strict diet all year round. And like you say, he's somewhere 230, 235. Sometimes he tries to stay around 225 just so he's not cutting too much weight, um, yep. depending on, on what kind of training cycle he's in or maybe what kind of steroid cycle he's in. But um, <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only joking. Um, no, but like, so he's a guy that does maintain that rigidly. But again, like Brock Lesnar diets all year round. And that man walks around at 280 to 300 pounds. And Brock has to have a strict diet because he's had all those health problems with his diver- uh, diverticulitis. diverticulitis. Yep, yep. You know, and because, like, well, number one, if he wants to fight in the UFC, he's got to get in under 265. But number two, like, the UFC aren't going to, or the, sorry, the WWE aren't going to allow him to stroll out there with a big belly weighing 350. You know, so he's, Brock is always working to keep his weight down. Um, but he is—he just the the the, dimen- the sheer dimensions of Brock Lesnar are ridiculous. I don't know how that fight goes. I would assume Jones beats him, but if Lesnar gets hold of him and just decides to put him on the mat and lie on top of him, I, I don't know what Jones can do. You know, because Lesnar's just—he's a different type of big and he's a different type of strong. You're not fu- the one thing Jones would have going for him is Shane Carwin trained at Greg Jackson and Winklejohn's gym. I think he's still a trainer there. I could be wrong. But I think he is still a trainer there. He yep. fought Lesnar. He's also a pretty similar size to Lesnar. He's actually got bigger hands, which is insane. Um, yep. So he could use him as a training partner. But Carwin's not as explosive as Brock. I don't think he's as, quite as strong as Brock. Um, but he, he'd, he'd be able to use him to figure out quite a few things. So there's that. But I like I, I don't know. I want to see it. I do want to see it because I think it could be it could be really interesting. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, very um, much a throwback to the kind of fights we used to see in uh, Pride Fighting Championship back in the day. But uh, no, if that happens, it will certainly be um, another. <laughs> very interesting freak show fight um so we'll keep an eye out for that one um and then uh finally dave um just wanted to look ahead to the next um couple of months three months of the ufc and they've got a number of shows coming up but um, as i mentioned earlier they've really got a a problem with um, putting together really compelling lineups um for shows and that's why they struggled on pay-per-view a lot of shows have done 
200,000, 300,000 pay-per-view buys. Nothing has come close this year to the kind of numbers that McGregor was posting in 2016. In fact, the biggest pay-per-view of this year is um, 214 that we've just talked about, which did around 850,000 buys, which is um, almost less, almost half of what McGregor was posting in 2016. Um, and, you know, the next two, three months don't look all that exciting. In fact, the biggest um, showing October is UFC 216, which is talked about as being headlined for a heavyweight title contest between um, St- um, Stipe Miocic and Cain uh, Velasquez. Um, but the biggest show um, for the remainder of the year is um, expected to be UFC 217 uh, taking place on the 4th of November. Um, which is now going to be headlined by uh, Michael Bisping defending his middleweight championship against George St. Pierre. Um, so firstly, Dave, um, what are your thoughts on UFC's issues with pulling together strong lineups and about the kind of lack of um, strong big name fighters um, at the top of their various weight divisions? Um, but then also what are your expectations for this mega match between um, Bisping and the returning GSP? Um, I, I was starting with the divisions. Like Dana's blamed it on injuries, and that is fair. There's been a lot of injuries. But like some of these guys just need to get back to work. Like Nate Diaz, Europe, time to fight. Tony Ferguson, Europe, time to fight. Khabib, Europe, time to fight. These guys are all sitting out. What are they waiting for? They're waiting for McGregor to come back? They're going to be waiting a long time. They could be waiting until... McGregor said he'll fight in December, and he probably will, because if he says he'll do something, he normally does it. But, like, December's a long time away. None of these guys have fought this year. You know, a heavyweight, Kane's been injured. DeSantos has been all over the place. And I don't know. Like, it's just weird. They, they seem to have a really thin roster at the minute. I mean, light heavyweight, you look at who could fight Jones. Gustafsson... And maybe the lunatic that beat Manawa. Manawa's done. He's not fighting him. So that's it. You've got two contenders. At middleweight, they've all beaten each other because Bisping hasn't been active. Bisping fought Dan Henderson and hasn't fought since. Uh, for me, these guys need to be fighting three times a year. Um... If they're gonna if they're gonna be talking the talk, they need to go out and fight three times a year. Um, but Dana, like a lot of it is down to the fact that the UFC don't pay particularly well, and a lot of these guys aren't willing to take the risks involved. Like a lot of the divisions as well get kind of bottlenecked by rematches, like we saw Woodley and Wonderboy. That kind of bottleneck the welterweight division. It's just it's strange. And then, like, the smaller divisions, they're not really... Like, McGregor's the only reason anyone cared about featherweight. Um, nobody really cares about bantamweight. And, like, God bless him, nobody cares what Mighty Mouse does or who he fights next, unless he fights TJ Dillashaw, which he won't do. So, um, you know, a lot of it's just down to lack of interest. The UFC haven't done a particularly good job at helping market their guys. It's kind of become Conor McGregor Incorporated for the last couple of years. Um, After, you know, when it wasn't him, it was Ronda. They kind of, they're the two horses that they backed and Ronda let them down and now Conor's off doing boxing. So 
I wouldn't say sorry. Ronda didn't let them down. Ronda just got beat. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't let anyone down. Like she went in there and she fucking fought her ass off. She just got beat by two better fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Ronda made a lot of people a lot of money. And anyone who shows disrespect to her, Ronda Rousey kill you. Ronda Rousey's an animal. Ronda Rousey's an Olympian, like an Olympian in judo. Like this is yeah. a legitimate badass. Like. Um, and she she was bad in the in, in the UFC. She hurt a lot of people. She broke a lot of arms. Um, she was you know incredible in the UFC. Had an incredible run, and it all fell apart. It fell apart because they made her fight in Australia at a stupid time of the day to be fighting at, and then they put her in against a, a savage, like a savage in her last fight. Amanda Nunes. She sh- yeah, she shouldn't yeah. have been fighting Amanda Nunes. She yep. was coming off a brutal knockout to Holly Holm, which, by her own admission, had caused her serious depression. That knockout was a result of a number of things. Number one, Holly Holm was a very good fighter. Number two, Holly Holm was a very good stand-up fighter. And for some reason, somebody over the years has told Ronda Rousey, you could be a great stand-up fighter, even though she can't be, because she can't throw punches. Her punches look weird. Um and number three, it was in Australia at a weird time of the day, like not a natural time to fight. Nobody fights at 11 a.m. in the morning. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so yeah, yeah. That, that was just horseshit by the UFC. So when she came back, she should have been built back up slowly. They shouldn't have thrown her in with Nunes. Nunes is savage, like a savage. Nobody should know. That was terrible by the UFC. So the, in fact, the UFC let Ronda down. But Ronda's gone now. Connor's gone to do boxing. The UFC has no stars. John Jones is a great fighter. He's not a big draw. This card with DC drew because of the rivalry, not because of either fighter individually, but because of the rivalry. Um, Jones's next pay per view will do about four hundred thousand or five hundred thousand buys because he's just not not a big draw. Nobody likes him. You know, mm-hmm. people like watching him fight. They don't like him as a person. Yeah, um, we are very good. Um, but you know his his charisma, you can certainly question that. Mm. Um, and you know you need the full package these days as a fighter. You need to be able to talk the talk as well as go in the ring or in the exactly. Article. You've got to sell these fights. So yeah. I don't know. I think the UFC are in a, a bit of a rough spot at the minute. And like even Kane coming back, Kane hasn't fought in a long time, and he's coming back and getting a title shot. That doesn't sit well with me. GSP coming back after been out for what three years. And getting a middleweight title shot when he's never fought at middleweight in his life, um, that doesn't really sit well either. So they're making they're making things hard for themselves as well. I mean, indeed they are. Yeah, certainly um, not doing too great in terms of uh, creation of stars. And obviously they've lost um, a lot over to Bellator as deals have come to an end. So um, no, certainly uh, been a year of struggle for the UFC. But um, despite that. Um, you know, they a man Connor. He's in action, and uh, UFC by association will get plenty of publicity along the way. And then um, they've got these uh, couple of fights um, coming up in the next couple of months in October and November. And um, if they come of, come off with a heavyweight title match, um, as well as the middleweight championship bout, um, we'll certainly be able to do some decent numbers as well. Um, right, so that brings us to the end of our show then, Dave. Um, so before we go, have you got anything to plug before we um, sign out? Um, two episodes of another podcast this week, one with Gags Tandon, one with Mark Roberts. Uh, NBA holds myself and Joe Cousins. That will be recorded Monday, probably out Wednesday. 
Uh, I'm on the EPL roundtable this week. Yeah, lots of me this week. Lots and lots of me. So you're welcome. Tremendous. Excellent. We love to hear you, Dave. So um, thanks, thanks again uh, for joining us, listeners. Um, we promise we won't leave it quite as long uh, between MMA monthly pods as we did this time round. Um, but um, as I say, there's lots going on and uh, we'll be back next month to uh, recap um, McGregor against Mayweather as well as look ahead to um, some of the upcoming big UFC fights that are going to take place. So thanks for listening and join us next time. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.